Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with a, shall we say, lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, an NBA playoff update. There's storylines coming out of every which way in the NBA playoffs, so we'll cover that. College football playoff expansion and MLB stick'em enforcement coming up. You can always email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. And as always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who has two, count them, two more days of school, Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim. Oh boy, two well, one and a half, I guess, technically, if you count oh. the the half day on Friday. So yep. Okay. Okay. Just even less. Even less. Yeah. Chugging along. Two more two more two more wake ups, two more alarms. Two more alarms. Okay. What time is your alarm? What just as a uh five twenty five AM. Woo. Woo. That's early. What, That's what early. time what time is your alarm? My alarm is more like six thirty. So Okay. Um, and it'll probably get, once we get, uh, back into the school swing in the fall, it'll probably be a little earlier than that. But for now it is, is six 30. So do you, are you a guy that gets up on the first alarm? Are you a, are you a snooze? Addict? I, I snooze today. <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, are, are you, are you an infinite snoozer or just one snoozer? No, I, you know, what's so funny is I didn't even, I'm trying to remember who like, this is, uh, this is like sort of a mildly embarrassing story. Maybe. I, okay. I didn't even know what the snooze button was. I think it was I think it was my freshman roommate Pat that that like asked me like, "Do you snooze?" And I was like, "What does that mean?" Like, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I like I went through my entire high school existence, or you know, whatever my entire existence, not just high school, uh, without knowing what the snooze button was. So wow. I guess like <clears throat> I also would always like. I guess as a strategy, put my alarm clock in a location that I had to get up out of bed in order to turn off. Right. Because I was always afraid of like just hitting it and then like falling, like hitting it, turning it off and then going back to sleep. Right. So, yeah. Now, yeah, well, are you a snoozer? I'm a snoozer. Like uh, I'll set it for six thirty, and then it'll be like six fifty, and I'll be like, "Wait a second! I woke up and snoozed this like two or three times." I so you'll do no it without even noticing. Yeah, yeah. And well, my freshman year mate, uh, Alex. Yes, Bert. He's uh, a snoozer. <laughs> he's a snoozer. He's a snoozer. But he would put his alarm clock near his feet so that he couldn't snooze it, and then he slowly became good enough with his foot that he could just snooze it with his foot without even realizing it. That's the least so. surprising thing I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. It did not work at all. Um, oh man. So, yeah. Okay. I, I, I wish I was, a, I wish I was a person that was up instantly and uh, didn't, didn't need as much sleep, but yeah, you know I, I love sleeping. I do it from time to time. I, I mean, certainly as the school year gets, um, school year gets longer. I, or later in the school year, I, I do it more. Um, yep. Now, here's my question for you is how many alarms do you set? I set one alarm. It, that's it. One. Well, I, I also have children in the house so that if the alarms don't work, 
it, you know, it's 15, 20 minutes until they're making enough noise to wake me up. So, right. And they're just, they just wake up with, with the sun probably, right? Like they're depends on the day, honestly. So yesterday they didn't wake up until after a little bit after seven. So, um, it was, it was quite nice. So it depends on the day. There was a, a period of time last year where, uh, my daughter who was, you know, uh, just around one, um, or before, right before she turned one, I lost track, all track of time. Um, <laughs> for about four months, she would just wake up at four every single day. We'd wake really? up at four, give her a bottle and put her back to bed. Like for, yeah, it was just, it was very difficult to, uh, uh, to do that. So yeah, you can't um, really snooze that situation. No, you cannot snooze because it only gets louder, right? It's, it's like yeah. not an alarm that's, that's snoozable. So, um, right. You know, I, I try to get up before them, get ready and get some breakfast ready, but doesn't always, doesn't always work out. Okay. Way. So, yeah. All right. So speaking of not always working out the way that they expect, all right. Um, that, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs first. Um, as I said in the, in the open, there's absolutely crazy amount of storylines coming from every set of, uh, of games and including the team in, in the, um, Phoenix Suns, who have already moved on. Um, yeah. they, they were supposed to be having their feet up, kicking back and relaxing. But um, I'll start there because Chris Paul, their star point guard, is in the COVID protocol. And depending on how early the games start, he may be out for for who knows how, how many number of games. If he's vaccinated, obviously, it's probably going to be less based on the protocol. Um, but that's certainly a, a huge story um, that kind of dulls their, uh, dulls their relaxation time between the... Uh, um, between the second and uh, conference finals there. Yeah. So what is, what does the NBA protocol look like? How, like how many negative tests do you need or, or is it like, do you know what it is? You know, that's a great question and probably something I should have prepared, but I definitely don't know that <laughs> what it is. Um, I, I, if he, if he was not vaccinated, it's probably going to be two weeks and what we saw in the regular season. Um, just waiting for a certain amount of time and plus tests. So um, in this case, if he is vaccinated, I don't know if he's not is or not, um, it would be significantly shorter. So that could have a huge effect on the Western Conference uh, finals, which yeah. the, the, the other situation that's going on is in uh, Utah Jazz against the LA Clippers. We found out today, this morning, good thing we didn't record yesterday because all of this news basically dropped today is that Kawhi Leonard, um, former, former NBA Finals MVP, and yeah. uh, is now out for the series and potentially as a torn ACL from the, from the Game 4 uh, victory. So that changes that series seismically. Um, go ahead. Yeah, if I, just if there's... That's, that's not... Uh... We're not talking about. Was it last week we were talking about like meniscus tears or what? You know, yes. that's not that is not this. So no, if uh, that if if it's uh, in any way torn, it's going to be. I mean, I guess you sometimes hear of like some some guys being able to to do something on like a partial tear, but even then, like that's with with rest and you know. Right. I, I can't imagine if it's if it's a ACL. I can't imagine that's going to be a situation that works for him, right? And in the longer term deal is that that's probably a year out, which means he'd be coming back next year at this time. Which if they play a regular um, schedule, will already be 
close to the NBA finals. So he right. could miss the entire season and next playoffs as well. So that's, um, you know, reverberations, not for this one, um, which makes the jazz kind of, uh, favorites to advance, but still the jazz are also missing Mike Connolly, um, and, uh, Mitchell, their point guard was hurt earlier this year. It's not at a hundred percent. So that's not a guarantee that they'll get through, but with a team like the Clippers, whose best player is now, uh, Paul George, it, it doesn't bode well for them to advance. It makes it a so, lot more difficult, right? Yeah. So we could be looking at a Jazz versus Suns uh, final in the Western Conference. If you looked at the standings, you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's <laughs> if you just if you just looked two. at the standings, you were like, oh, one, two, no big deal. But lurking at four was Kawhi Leonard. Lurking at seven was LeBron, um, LeBron James. Yep. And there was a potential for the Warriors and Steph Curry to be in at eight. So um, obviously they didn't with the plan. So it's almost like it's a huge upset that the top two teams got through, which is interesting. And it's good to see um, fresh blood, certainly in the Western conference finals there. Yeah. I don't um, know if the NBA loves it, but it, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they, that, they, that we like, they definitely like stars. I mean, I think Chris Paul is a star. I think Devin Booker on the Suns is a potentially uh, up and coming star. Rudy Gobert is certainly, yeah. uh, you know, multi-time defensive player of the year and the, you know, the guy who Cuts basically shut down. <laughs> well, well, you know, he has a, he shut down not just the nation, but the world pretty much yeah, by exactly. his positive, his positive COVID test shut down the NBA, which shut down all sports, which shut down everything. It, last it year. really like that was sort of the linchpin of, of everything or the first domino, I guess to fall it seems like looking back on it right yeah it was like i mean you know we'll rem- reminiscing here a little bit the it was just such a crazy time that we were like oh rudy gobert is is tested positive so you know a bunch of games stopped in the middle and a bunch of games just kept going and then ended at that time and then after yeah. that they suspended their season and then everything just fell right after that and within 24 hours everything else was stopped so yeah it was it was uh, what I like to call, well, I think some people like to call Rudy Gobert Day uh, in March of 2020. Yep. Where, All right. Where we and uh, also coincides with Tom Hanks Day, where where he that's right caught, caught it as well. So yeah. that was um, a big a big day for for news that kind of just shook up the entire world pretty much. Yeah. So sports taking the center of that, um, and not in a good way. But anywho, um, so that's the reset on the Western Conference. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I'll, I'll start with it because did you watch the uh, basketball game last night? I, I didn't. I heard all about okay. it uh, this morning and then on my commute home um, Yeah, that uh, Milwaukee was up by by a bunch, right? Yeah, 16 um, in, in the third quarter. Yeah, And then Kevin Durant played one on five um, and and uh, stormed, stormed the Nets back. Yeah, so it was game five, so it was a home game for... 2-2, two, two, yeah, so series yeah. tied at two. Series tied at two, home game for uh, the Nets in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee stormed out to a big lead. James Harden pretty much played when he shouldn't have on a hurt hamstring, so he was kind of like, you know, playing... Uh, I think somebody said he was like all-time quarterback, so he was like the guy that just stands there and throws the ball around. So he kind of walked up the court and passed it around and took some long shots and really didn't have it all but was kind of trying to gut it out on a hurt hamstring to be there for his team because they were without their their third star Kyrie Irving so 
Um, Milwaukee storms out to this big lead, and then Kevin Durant just goes thermonuclear and is bombing threes from everywhere. And uh, Milwaukee seems like shell shocked, pretty much. Um, the yeah. biggest, um, the the number one thing I'll say for Kevin Durant is he played every single minute yeah, of the I was game. Say he didn't come out of the game, which, which is which incredible. At the, at the end of the game, somebody was saying this, and I was like. Like I thought that they were being facetious. Like, oh man, he played the whole, the whole, you know. I thought, oh, he came out for a couple minutes, like here no. and there, you know, three minutes. No, he played all forty-eight minutes and had forty-nine points. Um, so he went absolutely crazy at the end, and Milwaukee just turned into um, a shell of themselves. You know, they they have the similar problem to what the Sixers pro- problem is, and we can talk about them in a little bit. But they don't have a guy like Durant like LeBron, like, you know, they have Giannis, but at the end of the game, he is not going to take the ball up the court and be a threat to shoot threes, drive, pass, and go to the basket, right? He can do three of those things, but he can't shoot uh, threes reliably, and you don't want him to shoot, like, fadeaway jumpers at the end of the game either. So he is a little bit, like, neutered at the end of the game where Kevin Durant can do all of that, and he's so tall that he can shoot over anybody. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why teams uh, will do anything to get a guy like Durant. They'll take on Kyrie Irving. They'll take on DeAndre Jordan. They'll take on whoever they yeah, have. Yeah. They'll, to take they'll on. trade the trade their first round draft picks for the next four years or whatever the deal was. Yeah. And, you it, know, does, it doesn't matter. Tank, like if tank you the team after he's gone, but you know yeah. he's there now. Yeah, and I mean in basketball, right? Unlike baseball, where you can't dictate who comes up in a big moment, basketball you just give the ball to your best player, and usually in the NBA playoffs you can situate your offense so that your best player is going against their worst defender, and guys like Durant who can do all sorts of things um, have an incredible advantage at, at the end of the game. Yeah. So um, it was, I, I think. I mean, I watched it. Uh, it was one of those games that was played at such a pace and a level that you usually don't see outside of um, playoff basketball or, or playoff sports in general. It's kind of like a game seven hockey game, right? Uh, I think Milwaukee knew that this was their best shot. If they got this game, it, it was it was a good chance that they could win in game six. Yeah. Um, I mean, you will always want to be like they always say that 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 fifth game is the pivotal game in any series in any sport and all the, you know, cause now, now you granted they're, they're away, but just you like the odds of, of being able to continue the momentum from that game for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that gives Brooklyn two chances to one win and one of those games being at home. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you have a huge advantage there. I also think, um, obviously game five is a huge game when, when things are tied two two. but, um, I also think game four is huge too, because the difference between two, two and three, one is huge. gigantic. It's like the two, two is an even series, whether or not the teams are even, but three, one, one team is basically one foot into the next round. It's a completely different, um, kind of dynamic. And that's what I'll, I'll talk about with, uh, the Sixers, um, and Atlanta, uh, the Sixers, similar to Milwaukee, had a big lead, um, but the Hawks came storming back and ended up winning that at the end of the game. Uh, in this case, the Sixers star, Joel Embiid, uh, may have re-injured something 
uh, in the game. Uh, unclear what, but he went 0 for 12 in the second half. So um, kind of the opposite of <laughs> Kevin yeah. Durant's going thermonuclear. He went a little bit like whatever the opposite of that is, like ice uh, freezer. Nuclear, uh, nuclear winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nuclear winter. Yeah, exactly. So um, and Atlanta still had to kind of squeak it out. So, you know, that kind of tells you that that the Sixers are, are certainly a better team, but Atlanta is very, very capable of winning uh, games, especially at home. So they had game four at home. Um, game five is tonight. I'm currently as we, not watching as we speak. This. So yes. I will not say anything that I know okay. about this game. Though. Okay. All right. That's that's fine. Um, I found and and this is this ha- hasn't been this way in a long time. But watching that game last night, I was extremely stressed. Like, I haven't been that stressed watching sports in I don't know how long. I'm trying to get away from being so... Yeah, you don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be so wrapped up in the sporting event. I want to be like, oh, great, my team won. Oh, too bad, my team lost. Right. But for whatever reason, maybe it was the, you know, kind of my opinion of the difference between 2-2 and 3-1, right? I felt like if the Sixers had that, that's okay. They're they're happily going to the next round. Um, but if they didn't, right, this is an even series that could go seven. Um, so I, I think the stakes of that game, obviously now game five is even more stakes. Um, but it, I was like, you know, you get that sports feeling like your stomach is all in a knot. You're like heart's beating fast. Like, uh, you know, I, I've been trying so hard to get away from that kind of feeling when watching sports. And uh, I was back with a vengeance. So I was trying to think about the last time that I watched a playoff game of any, you know, in any sport that had that kind of level for me. Because the Sixers, I guess a couple of years ago, the Sixers playoff games against Toronto. Yeah. Um, felt that way. Uh, they went to a game seven and lost on the Kawhi shot. Um, but again, in that game, that was the, during, or, or it went so long, it went into the um, s- series finale of Game of Thrones. So I put the series finale of Game of Thrones on and threw the game on the iPad. While I was watching the the, the uh, <laughs> last episode of Game of Thrones, wow. so, so you wouldn't uh, even like start that late. Uh, Game of Thrones, the finale of Game of Thrones. No, I didn't because you know there was there was such a uh, not a hype around it, but you know it's one of those. It was like an event where people were like it was, tweeting about it. You had right, to kind yeah. of you kind of had to watch it live, and so I also had to watch the sports live. So I kind of I I did both and. Uh, I opted for the big TV for the Game of Thrones. And so that, since probably then, and I probably was a little bit more uh, stressed out this time. So it okay. was, uh, uh, what about you? When was the last time you, you kind of had I, a sporting event? Whole, like, Yeah, while you were going, saying that, I was trying to think of what, what the last time I was like, you know, biting my fingernails, uh, right. like n- nervous, like, circa jeff roman game six game right. seven 2006 um right. <laughs> the cardinals game seven yeah. with the mets um probably um really hasn't been i guess i really get that way mainly about ohio state so sure i think maybe last year's um uh, college football semifinal game against Clemson, not the one they won, the okay. one they lost two years ago. That was that was kind of a because it, it had the this point swing that went back. Ohio State was winning, then Clemson drove down the field with under two minutes. 
right. scored. Ohio State got the ball back, drove down the field, and threw the interception there at the end with a few seconds left. So that was one of those like nail biter, um, anxiety uh, causing games. Um, but other than that, I guess the last time I felt it for like baseball, I want to say was when the Cardinals lost to the Cubs in 2015. Um, I yeah, that being I, very stressful for some reason. Yeah, so you know, I, I had a couple of things get in the way. I think uh, in 2015, uh, my son was has sick or, or something, and in 2019, uh, my daughter was just born. So, like, I had a few things get in the way in October area yeah. that kind of distracted. Um, but you know, playoff baseball can definitely get me that way because it, just because of the the tensity of it. Right. You're just like waiting. <laughs> There's so much waiting between every pitch. Right. And it's like, yeah, you know, close up on a guy like chewing on his hat. Right. <laughs> and, and there's, there's, there's just so much like uh, uh, time for that tense uh, tenseness to build. So, yeah, um, base, baseball does that. Basketball apparently is doing that again to me. So um, I am attempting to uh, take this one easy for the first half. Now watch. Um, I didn't watch the first half of the last game. I was uh, cleaning the house. So they did better in the first half than the second. So maybe it's me not watching. That that really is the uh, uh, superstition that's yeah. in the way there. I'll, well, I'll take it. You know? I mean, you're, you're – well, I'm not going to say anything because I know the score. So yeah, <laughs> you listener will know the score by the time yeah. that you listen to this. So You'll know the score um, at halftime was yeah. this. Yes. Um, okay. So. Anyway, um, side so, note, by the way, yeah. I did. Um, I'm one of those people that has not watched um, Game of Thrones at all. Um, okay. And I just in the last month uh, started watching uh, the first season. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it now. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I'm not going to spoil anything for you or the listeners, but I think it is a very well done uh, show. I think, uh, the as you probably know the books aren't complete yet so the end is is not doesn't have book material to work off of yes um so there are some differences that you'll probably I, see i have heard that yeah yeah okay yeah so um but i i would recommend it i think it's a, i think it's an enjoyable watch so good yeah. luck to you and text me or send me messages if if you if you need any uh, uh have any hints that you want or, or spoilers or, or something okay. you want to yeah. talk about. So um, on to the next one. We're going to, we're skipping the NFL today. Um, we're going to talk about the college football playoff. Yes. Um, so rumor has it, and I, I think this is, this is uh, confirmed that they will consider expanding the current four team field to a 12 team format. So it's going to meet, they're going to meet, let's see, this was June 10th, so next week. So that'll be this week they're going to meet um, and um, consider expanding the 14 field to a 12 team. So what's your what's your thoughts on this at the top? So I like the expanded idea. I, I like the expanded playoff idea. Um, 12 seems like an odd number, uh, even though it's an even number. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> but I. so from what I know, and I, own, I, I only know a little bit about this, um, is that it would not like the thought process currently is that it would not include an automatic bid for conference champions, which I think is sort of ridiculous. Like I feel like 
the the college football season has like the cool thing about it is that in and of itself, like the the whole season feels like a playoff, right. and so you you really can't you can lose sometimes you can lose a game, uh, most times you, you can't. But I, I guess like I don't understand why they wouldn't why they wouldn't put stress on the the power five so to speak um teams becoming or or their conference champions becoming automatic bids i I don't i always thought an eight team format with the five automatic bids plus the highest um uh mid-major uh or not mid that's not what they call them um whatever they group of five or like whatever the yeah like the Boise States of the world. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Like the highest ranked of those guys. And then the field is open for the next two. And right. you know what? Notre Dame getting a conference if you don't like it. Right. So, and, and so reading here from, from ESPN.com, they say under the proposal for the 12 team format, the four highest ranked conference champions would be seated one through four and receive a first round bye. Then teams five through twelve would play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher ranked team. Wait, so, so it doesn't say that again. That so they would conference champions would matter. They yes, they would be seated one through four. The four highest ranked conference oh. champions would be seated. So I don't. It doesn't seem to indicate it would be automatic, but it seems like uh, if you win your conference champion, it seems like you know you're going to get in, right? Um, okay, especially if you're in the top top four so then maybe i maybe i read something wrong there okay yeah it's not super clear and i don't think they probably have announced the the full format of it but it does seem like there is some weight put on the conference championship okay gives you a buy in the first round if you're in the top four uh highest ranked team so certainly um if you're right so notre dame if they're the number one team in the country right they're going to be fifth um, because they're not a conference champion, right? So love it. Um, get no, get so, those guys in a conference, right? And so if you're if you are like in the Pac-12 and you're the win the Pac-12, but you're ranked, you know, 24, right? You're going to be in the teams five through 12. So right. Um, I I am as a fan. I'm always for expanded playoffs. Um, I think the the point that you talked about, which was uh, kind of college football's, um, you know, guiding star was that the regular season is like a playoff because if you lose, you're out basically. Um, but we've seen with the expanded four-team playoff that Alabama can lose two times um, and still make the college football playoff. So, you know, I think as they expand the playoff already, it, that that piece of it has has for certain teams, right? certain teams like UCF, they can win all their games. It doesn't matter, but yeah. Alabama can lose two games and they're still uh, into the playoff. I mean, honestly, um, just give automatic bids to them, Clemson, Ohio state at this point, like right. that's where we're at. Uh, those are the three, the three schools that have to, for money reasons, be in that thing. Or I guess right. Notre Dame has the built in, um, the built in fan base as well. Right, and, and that'll get all four of those teams in the playoff. That'll get, um, you know, a team like UCF or Boise State in yeah. there and just see what they can do. You know what? Like, I, I'm happy to see March Madness-style upsets if, you know, yeah. uh, a team like UCF goes and beats Alabama 
um, or, or a team like Boise State pulls off the upset that we saw in um, bowl games so many years ago with the Statue of Liberty play. So Love it. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. Now, what I'm interested in, this is sort of like nerd alert um, here. So Okay, go ahead. Like, what are the players going to think? Like, and when, how long is it going to be until until they uh, flex their muscles and say, you know, you guys got to, you're, you're asking us to potentially play now a 12 game regular season plus three, 15 games. Um, mean, you know, meanwhile, all the conferences and the schools are making big bucks on, on the, uh, the TV deal, like where, you know, where's my, where's my piece in my piece of the pie. Um, so I'm interested to see if, if this does happen, what are, what are the college football players going to do to demand that they need to be taken care of, um, more than just their scholarship. Yeah, and, and I agree, and I think that's why you see playoff expansion in all sports because additional playoff money you know, for the paid player sports like NBA, uh, baseball, and right. football, like that money is already uh, bargained in, right? Yes, so additional playoff games correct. are pure profit for owners, right? Because the, the players get like a stipend of, you know, however much. It's a lot, you know, for, for regular Joes, but – not for for players and the owners rake in um, so much more money on the TV deals for the playoffs and for the concessions and the tickets and like all of that stuff for playoffs um, makes them more money. So they're obviously for more playoffs. And again, that's why this will probably get approved. I don't see any reason why not. Um, because the conferences will say, well, we get to sign a new TV deal with ESPN or whomever. Or their um, own net. Yeah, they're... <laughs> They all have their, or their own, own networks, networks now anyway. <laughs> right. And, and they will get more money for these games and the players will get no more money for these games, right? Their scholarship is not uh, giving exactly. them more money for playing these additional games. And the conferences and the, the schools are all getting um, an incredible, like incredibly huge payout from these games. So that's why they're going to do it. As a fan, I think, again, just like 17 games in football, another set of games that that mean a lot is going to be fun. But, you know, I think what you said is like the players at some point are just going to say, like, we we need to be compensated for all of our our work here. That is making millions and billions for all of these other people. That's not us. Yes. And here's here's something I'll say, like maybe maybe the you know, tides have turned a little bit in like in collegiate athletics with with covid i don't know if you remember like the players pretty like collectively got together not not necessarily like all in one room but when it looked like for a period of time that the college football season was not going to happen the uh a lot of different players organized themselves to like basically trend the hashtag we want to play i think it was or something like that right um, and you saw star players from across conferences come together to make that happen. And then when the whole thing happened with Ohio State, not, or sorry, Ohio State, but there's, there are more teams in that conference, the big 10, not. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just, I just fell into my own trap. 
sure. the uh, when the Big Ten wasn't going to play again, like the players of that conference came together and was like, no, we're, we we're we're doing this. Um, so I, I think uh, it's it is really an interesting thing to watch, like. I don't know that they're legally able to form a union, um, but certainly they need their, their interests need to be looked after um, just as much as, as anybody, any other, you know, athlete whose likeness is being used to make money for someone else. Yeah. And I think that's, and you're right about COVID. And I think they, they have learned that through COVID and, and in the previous years where um, I, you know, it was a couple of years ago when the Mizzou players were threatening to sit out and for over, uh, I forget what it was, was about some sort of um, wrong that had happened on campus um, that they wanted addressed and they threatened to sit out and guess what? They got what they wanted, right? Because yeah. the, the, uh, the uh, school didn't want to lose the money of having them not play. So they gave the players what they wanted and the players played. So I think that, and combined with COVID, they realize like they have a lot more power than they realize just through being the players who play the game. And collectively, if they work together as a conference or as players across conferences, that they can really make waves. Because these guys are like, you know, Trevor Lawrence was involved in the We Want to Play thing. Yeah. And he's a star, right? He was the, probably the biggest star yeah. in college football. Even Justin time. Fields were the, yeah. were the primary drivers of it. Right. So I think, I think you will definitely see, especially after this comes out. And then after the TV deal is signed for this, which is going to be a you, billion dollar deal. Like at least, at least it, yeah. it's, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be over a billion dollars for a decade or something. And yeah. you know, it's, that's the kind of stuff that, that I think it, at some point is just going to, Yep. It's going to yeah, be, you know, the avalanche is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not necessarily when they announce the thing, but when they announce the, the amount of money that they are going to get for it uh, through TV deals. And that doesn't even count, right. The, the tickets for the bowl games and, and, you know, right. this, and this gives an extra home game, right. To the teams ranked five through, if my math is right, eight, uh, they get an extra home game, which means extra tickets, extra concessions, extra parking, all of that stuff. One more of those right. um, for the and school. All the, don't, like don't, um, you know, discount the the donors that are going to give yep. money because the team is playing well. Yep, exactly. So it's all, it's all about obviously money in this money, case. Money, 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 uh, money, money. Yep. So um, it's, it'll be a huge uh, victory for the schools and the conferences to get more money. And I think in my opinion, it's long overdue for them to have a reasonable tournament at the end. Um, and 12 teams seems like um, a reasonable one with a first round buy for the conference champions um, as a little kind of uh, cherry on top for of, a, a good season. Of all the sports that are kind of still living in the past, I think college football is probably among the worst of them in terms of like, we're still doing things in college football that, um, you know, don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. Um, right. you know, and, and really it's only been in the last, I guess, want to say maybe the BCS happened in like 1998. So it's only been like recently where 
um, college football has gotten its act together. In 2014 was the first playoff. Um, you know, so like we're still, you know, sitting in a room ranking teams based on, you know, computers and eye tests and, you know, weird metrics that like, like FPI that I'm not entirely certain anyone really understands. Like, so, you know, it makes sense. You've got these conferences. They exist for a reason. Give the champions their, um, give the champions their automatic bid and then fill out the rest of the field with, with whatever, metrics you can put together i guess yeah i can't believe that it's it's only been so since 2014 that they've been doing the playoff I yeah mean, we used to have like the coaches poll yeah like the, all sorts of craziness i mean ap poll the coaches poll the harris yeah. poll was one <laughs> oh, uh there were like all these different computers and like i mean it was we had a better system for determining like the the first pick in our tecmo super bowl draft than <laughs> than the uh, bowl championship series was. I mean, what a, I think there was one year where like a two loss Colorado team made the championship game over a one loss Nebraska or something like that. I, right. I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but yep. something to that effect. And everybody looked at it was like, this cannot be the right way yep. to do it. But that was, I don't know. Yeah, it took that. It took that one year where there was three really good teams, and there was right. the BCS championship where one team got left out, and it was kind of like, okay, now we're done. <laughs> yeah, we need to go to four, and now they're going to go to twelve, and I think you know they're going to go to twelve at least before there's five undefeated great teams, and they're like, well, we got to leave one out. Um, so now put everybody in, let them play, and you know nobody can say you know that that tired old thing oh this team is better than this team because of uh you know strength of schedule or rpi no that's that's basketball but you know point still stands so yeah um there are snubs right in the ncaa basketball tournament but nobody's like ah well the 60 60 i guess ninth yeah 70 team right team they, they weren't a threat to win but if you only have four teams the fifth team definitely is a threat to win so um 12 teams bring it on let's do it all right i like it um so i guess just a little bit of news and notes section here at the end um that pitcher uh stick them the tack them tack tack daddy whatever tack uh spider tack yeah yeah, do do you see the um trevor bauer video uh that he posted on twitter no i did not so he he posted a video of him um like not palming he wasn't holding it of a baseball stuck to his palm um with his hand like facing down. So like the ball was mm-hmm. sticking to his hand yeah. and he's basically like, so legal or illegal. Did I use legal substances or illegal substances? And right. he said it was a combination of, uh, sunscreen, sweat and, um, the rosin, the rosin bag. bag. Right? And yeah. he's like, yeah, I mean, this is all stuff I'm allowed to bring out there legally. So, right. And, and he's probably right that all of that's, but, you know, that stuff, no matter how you mix it, is not as sticky as right. if you're adding Coke or, or spider tack or, you know, adding uh, Gorilla Glue or whatever, however <laughs> many things. Glue, yeah. You know, um, like, obviously, it you can make stuff sticky, right? <laughs> um, I, I'm not saying he's not wrong, but um, I, I think now that they are so the news here is that they're, they're going to start enforcing this. So they're doing hat checks and whatever, if the umpire uh, suspects that they 
are um, using some foreign substance on the ball um, and could be a potential of, I think, 10 games uh, suspension for the pitcher, which would really only be one start. Um, so and it's, it's paid. Oh, and it's paid. So and it's paid. Not, yeah, so it's kind of like a paid vacation uh, for these pitchers. Um, but I think the, uh, especially the first couple, the stigma will be much worse as, as kind of yeah. as somebody who breaks the rules. You know, that's kind of baseball's thing to, um, to, to give people a scarlet letter of a, of a cheater. Um, and uh, that will probably be worse than the suspension. Um, but it will be interesting to see. And I think it has already happened a little bit as, as pitchers have gone away from this stuff. Um, well, you know, what are the changes? Yeah. So I, I was listening to the sports radio station up here and they were giving, um, a lot of the stats for the Red Sox pitchers since the MLB basically announced you can't do this anymore. And it's, it, it is a relatively smallish sample size, but Red Sox pitchers have been shellacked since, right. since then. Um, and all their like the sub metrics of spin rate and all that are pretty sizably down. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I, I think it, it's a fact that almost everybody was using it, right? And and using it increases your spin rate, which increases your your swings and misses. So um, I, I think that makes complete sense. Uh, we I think we've seen more runs as of late as well, certainly. Now, across the, across the baseball. Have you followed the, uh, I think it just happened yesterday, the Tyler Glass now situation? Yeah, he tore, he, he's he's headed for Tommy John. Um, and he blamed it on not using sticky stuff. Yeah, uh, so I couldn't that quite basically, follow his, his, uh, his line of thought there. So basically, I, I believe his point was he ha- basically was without any spring training, without any... Um, any, like, I don't know, I guess practice doing it. Like everybody in baseball was just told you got to stop now. Um, and he said something along the lines of like how he had to grip the baseball significantly tighter, which puts strain. I mean, like, even if you just like, I, I buy it because like, if you, if you like put your two fingers like on your UCL, like on your elbow and you like squeeze into your fist like that. Right. That's what tightens up is your UCL. So like if he's gripping that baseball, like, like uh, with a death grip because he's not able to use whatever substance he was using. um, I could definitely see that having an impact on, on that part of his arm. Now maybe there was something there before and this just like, um, exasperated it or, 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 or like sped up the process or whatever. Um, but I, I do think that there's a point to like base. And we said this maybe last week or whenever, like baseball was behind and now yeah. they're trying, now they're playing catch up and they're like, they're, they're asking everybody to just alter or telling everybody they have to alter what they've been doing on the fly. When meanwhile, there was like all of, um, all of the off season to create a list of whatever things you can't do um, or that, that is, that would be considered a foreign substance or whatever it is. Um, And instead they waited and waited and waited and waited. Offense was way down. Everyone's going bananas. And so they're like, Oh, let's do this. You know, right. It's, it really is like the, the epitome of, of like 
just being late to the party. Yep. Yeah, they missed they missed their chance to do it in the offseason. Um, but then it became a story and they were playing catch up, right? Um, just like you said. So um, and when that happens, you know, it, it's not a good result, right? Right. You, something's going to go wrong. Um, something's going to be implemented poorly. Uh, there's going to be downstream impacts that they are not aware of. And that could certainly happen in the offseason as well. But, you know, I, I, I certainly hear his point. I don't have a tremendous amount of sympathy for him. Um, but he's, you know, I think that they, they are doing the right thing by changing the rules, but certainly the implementation could have been certainly a lot better from MLB's side of things. So, right. Um, we, we went, we went pretty quick from, ah, eh, everybody does it to can't do it anymore real fast. Right. Yeah. And, and that, and that change certainly mid season is going to cause a lot of problems. Um, and one of the things that I remember uh, reading from Jeff Passan um, is he said that a lot of teams were going to have their pitchers, uh, throw bullpens a little bit more active bullpens than they usually do between starts. So they could get used to, and this quote struck out to me, they could get used to their actual pitches, right? So they, <laughs> they, yeah. they had a completely different feel of their, you know, not actual pitches, their unnatural pitches. And now they have to get used to, Oh, I'm doing this completely different thing. And how do I even throw this from scratch? Which I guess is a um, argument in Trevor Bowers or not Trevor Bauer, um, class now's yeah. yes, uh, thing where it's like, well, we're just changing completely everything on the fly. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Viva L offense. Let's see some, some offense, some hitting, um, see some diggers. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my fantasy team will hit better than 143 for, for a week. Um, that would be certainly nice. Um, to, to put, put maybe a, maybe a 300 on the board. That would, be uh, nice. I mean, that's asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially for my guys, uh, allergic to hitting a little bit yeah. uh, these days. Um, do, so let's go ahead and recap Stanley cup. Right? Oh yeah. Just, let's just, do it. Just at that, just at the end here. I didn't put Islanders. in the rundown. Yeah. But our, our Tim and my Islanders. Yeah. The official team of the podcast uh, are, are tied one, one in the, uh, I guess they're calling this the semifinals. It's not really the Western conference or Eastern conference, yeah, but right. um, one point that my son wanted to, me to make on the podcast was that this is interesting because of the way that they potted the, the teams this year. These teams have not played each other this year at all. So this is a brand new. Is that um, right? So yeah. Islanders not played played the Lightning once, not not once this year. Yep, oh. because they they didn't play outside their pod until now. So okay. um, so uh, no familiarity this year. So it's a completely new thing. Um, Islanders and Lightning um, on the right side of the bracket are tied one one. Yep, um, and on the left side, Vegas leads the Montreal Canadiens one to nothing. Montreal Canadiens who were the lowest point total in the NHL and make it into the playoffs this year. So they were the lowest point total to make it. Um, and they made it all the way to the, to the final four here. So I would love for them to, to upset, upset uh, Vegas, but I think the Canadian division, so to speak, was a little bit weaker than the rest this year. So maybe Vegas in a walk. So. Yeah. Um, I, Vegas is my team on that yep. side of the bracket as, as per our discussion last week. Um, yes. And yeah, I'd love to see a Vegas Islanders uh, finals. That would be yeah, that would be pretty fun. That would be great. All right, 
All right, we're looking forward to that. So, Tim, you got two more days of school. Uh, anything else? You know, any of these 700 things that we talked about today? Yeah, well, one uh, thing that you're keeping your eye on. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that we didn't talk about, which I guess I'm sort of surprised that uh, we, we didn't um, bring this up at all, is uh, we got some Euro Cup action going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. so... Um, my my squad, uh, Germany, uh, dropped its first match yesterday to France one nothing. They they have a big uh, they have a big test on Saturday against Portugal. Um, that group is wow, that's a tough is group. insane. It's it's France, Germany, Portugal, and then Hungary's the the fourth team. Now wow. I did read. Um, I don't know how much you've been into this. That there are fewer groups, I think, than usual. Um, or maybe they do this every time and I just am only noticing it is that every group winner makes it every second group, right? You, you finish top two in your group, you make it right. And then the next three best teams will also make it to the round of 16. So they do something similar in the world cup, but I believe it's all group winners make it and certain seconds make it. Um, based oh. on based on points and goal differential and stuff like that. So, I thought it was all all yeah. like top two made it across the boards. So that's not how it is. Interesting. I, I could I could be wrong that it's some third place, um, but it's it's similar in either way in in the World Cup as well. Um, so a chance, I guess, for all three: France, Germany, and Portugal to make well, it through. Germany needs to. You know, you can't. Whenever you lose like the first game in one of these, um, right, in one of these group of four things, like you, you really can't afford to drop a second one. Um, yeah, so and you got to run up the score. Or, yeah, right, right, and then you're looking to like pump up, you know, six goals if you can against against whomever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it. I've been. I've had that on a little bit now. Did you follow the story of the? Uh, was it the uh, the Danish player? that uh, yeah I, that I, I wasn't watching but i saw that yeah he completely collapsed on the field and they had to resuscitate him they did the cpr on the field yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy yeah that's the um, kind of thing that it's it's scary to see when all the players are kind of gathered around and looking like shell-shocked you know right yes that is uh it, i guess those are the moments where you know you know it's like when the when the guys like immediately stop playing and like you never went like like it, there's at least like kick the ball out of bounds like they immediately stop playing and like we're motioning right. uh right. to the trainer to come on out so yeah um it's just a it, good situation that he's uh it sounds like he's he's okay yeah so yeah yeah that was a scary moment um good thing um to put dry on there's in just to end things on a lighter note rather than a a player collapsing. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) In the upcoming uh, U.S. Open, uh, apparently uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are feuding. There's a feud. I don't know the source of the feud. All I know is that there's a feud, and it's a big deal that they are not in a group together um, to start the U.S. Open. So are you following that one? Yeah. So are are they – I just like saw a headline. Are they not grouped together? They are not grouped together. As I understand it, well, so like Bryson DeChambeau, it sounds like rubs like a lot of guys the wrong way. 
Um, sure. He he can be very. I th- I think pretty sure he has like a reputation of being a, a a slow player around the greens, especially, and that frustrates some of the other players. Um, and you know he's he's a he's kind of a character. Um, right. So I guess it was after um, the PGA uh, Championship of Kepka is in the final pairing and he um he doesn't win it phil mickelson wins it um and he's giving uh kepka is giving an interview and bryson DeChambeau walks behind it and is like spikes are making like a a loud right. noise on the cart path okay and yeah. so kepka um like rolled his eyes pretty noticeably <laughs> during the interview right <laughs> uh when he heard DeChambeau in the background and uh, I don't know if that was the beginning or if that's just fuel on the fire and something else happened beforehand. Um, but then it got it got blown up when when they were all doing that like fake trash talking because of the match um, that's happening. Did okay. you follow that at all? That's um, DeChambeau Tom Brady, and yeah. Tom Brady. So De- DeChambeau is with and, uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers and okay. Brady is with uh, Mickelson. And so there was a right. whole, like, you know, Tom Brady gets on social media, is having fun. He's like, two old guys versus a Jeopardy host and and a physicist, <laughs> you know, like right. make, making jokes back and forth. And then Brooks Kepka like <laughs> got on and like maybe took it over the line and was like, at you know Aaron Rodgers, oh, I just feel bad. You have to spend like four hours with him or something like that. And then, <laughs> and then. I think it was Bryson DeChambeau who started posting memes of that interview thing and uh, ended up saying something along the lines of like, you know, don't mind me. I'm just living rent free in your head. Like, (laughs) you know, so it got it started as like, I think Tom Brady making a bunch of jokes on Instagram and then it got got like pretty serious pretty fast. So. So. I know, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago when we talked about um, Julio Jones and um, calling into the show and uh, uh, allegedly not being aware that he was on the show. Um, So I know you love a good uh, conspiracy theory. Yes. So this is from Webb Simpson. um, But uh, apparently there is um, there's a. 40 million player impact program for the PGA tour. Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. So this initiative will pay end of season bonus money to 10 players based on a malga. I'm going to say this word, but a a bunch of different metrics with a top measure being a golfer's search engine popularity. So Webb Simpson said, I don't know if they texted each other on the side and possibly went in an agreement, you know, let's play this thing up for the player impact program. That was one of my thoughts. So, I did my part. I Googled both of their names together to find information on them. So uh, that that uh, helped their uh, search engine popularity. Um, so maybe they are having a little bit of fun at our expense. Yeah, um, I love a good. But, yeah, I think you're probably right about that. That That's good. If that's true. Yeah. So, you know what? I mean, a good little fun, a good little fun rivalry. Uh, let, let's uh, let's no, bring yeah, more fun into sports. No one is hurt by it. Everyone. Yes. Like, Everybody's having everyone, fun. They don't. Yeah. You know, so. And they don't, they certainly don't seem to be um, super mad at each other. Just kind of two guys 
you know, snipping at each other who maybe they probably don't like each other that much. Maybe it's a conspiracy to get their Google search uh, up, but Hey, you know what? It seems fun. It, there's headlines. People write about it. Um, bring it on, bring yeah. on more fun. I'm with so you. we got a little sidetracked Tim there on our, on our final segment. Yeah. So we got but, the golf that we're looking forward to and we've got, uh, we've got the Euro cup. Yeah. We got the Euro cup. We got NBA playoffs. We have, an incredible amount of sports here that it's, it's very hard to keep track of. So let's go ahead and do this and say, keep your eye on whatever sport you want. You got everything (laughs) possible. You got baseball, you got hockey, you got football, you got golf, you got soccer, everything that you could possibly want is on the plate this week. So keep your eye on sports and keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. Yep. So one, one of these days I'm going to get that ears glued, eyes glued. It was kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was wrong. It's the four best third place teams oh, qualify. Okay. So okay. there's, let's see, how can I count? There's six groups. So oh, okay. four of those six group third place teams will make it. Okay. So a one nothing loss is not a, not a terrible thing. I think no, but they got to, I mean, they got to draw with Portugal and then pump Hungary. Yeah, you got to score at least five goals to get hungry. Whoever gets hungry on the last the last game is going like, to benefit because they'll, okay, they're, they're going to benefit because they're going to know how many goals they need to score or how much they need to beat them by. Right. As the other game is going on, right there, this game's going on at the same time. And okay, we need two more goals and we'll push them forward. And I always like that kind of thing where they have live scores on the right and yeah. you're watching them just get that information signaled in from the headsets or phones or whatever i always think that part of it yeah that's that is cool that's true so that gives them an advantage getting hungry on the last game probably try to get five or six yep. yep.